everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Intralingo World Lit Podcast. I'm Lisa Carter, founder and creative director of Intralingo, and your host. Today, I am very pleased to be welcoming Max Loeb and Roz Schwartz, the author and translator of A Long Way from Douala, a novel set in Cameroon. So Roz and Max, thank you so much for being here. It's really wonderful to um, be able to connect. Roz, you're in the UK. Max, you're in Switzerland. I'm here in Canada. Um, and, uh, and we can still gather to talk about this wonderful book. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, you know, Max, I'll start with you. So I was I was telling Roz before you came here that something I always find interesting is the 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 blurb on the back of the book. So this is the book, A Long Way from Douala. Um, the blurb on the back of the book is sometimes very different from the way that you might speak about the book. So, Max, if you're just telling a friend this is my book. This is what it's about. How do you introduce it? Ooh, Lisa, <laughs> this is a huge question. Um, it's always difficult to answer to that question, actually, but when uh, somebody is forced to claim um, asking me the question like, uh, what is the book about? I would have asked him to go and read the book. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we will encourage everyone to read the book. Don't worry. <laughs> so um, what I can say is like uh, what I wanted to write about is um, the, the migration of situation with Africa, but not just the migration like that, but so not precisely about the the path that young people take to go to Europe and decide that um, to talk about a book or harm, um, um, yeah, yeah um, doing some, um, some really bad things um, in not just in Cameroon, but you can say also in Nigeria, in Niger, and uh, of course about homosexuality. I mean, the topics are religion, uh, um, family and uh, LGBT. Yeah, yeah. It, this book has so much. It is such a slim little book, but it it covers so many topics, and and we'll get to some of those as well. But but Max, for your own story, so the protagonist in in a long way from Douala is Jean. He's a young man around eighteen or so. He's his brother has set off heading for Europe, and um, um, Jean and his 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 brother Simon um, go after Roger to look for him. So, you know, there's there's a lot in there, as you say. But your own story, you also left Cameroon, not in the same way, presumably, but I would just love to hear your connection to Cameroon. You've been in Europe for a really long time. What was that transition for you? Um, <laughs> this is very interesting because most of the time when people ask me if I also made the journey to Mediterranean and the to the wilderness in the Sahara, and you say, yeah, 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 definitely, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's 
a way for me to talk because I like talking, uh, to tell about things that are really painful to me. But my own um, story about migration is like uh, I was in Cameroon, I was 16 or 18, yeah, because I got my bachelor's degree, let's say the high school diploma, I was 16 in Cameroon and I went to university, I was 16. And then one day, I already had one of my sisters uh, here in Switzerland, in the Italian part of Switzerland. And one day, my mother called me in her bedroom and she said, um, would, would you be interested to uh, do your studies in Switzerland? <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> What kind of question are you asking me? And definitely, yes. So um, three months later, I moved to Switzerland. And I've been living now in Switzerland for uh, 17 years, maybe. Time is mm-hmm. starting. It's going passing so fast. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I started in the Italian part of Switzerland. I studied uh, journalism and computation sciences. And then I moved to Lausanne, where I studied um, public administration and politics. So this country is really my body, my like my blood. I know the history, the political side of the country. And now I've been living in Geneva for almost, yeah, for 10, 11 years, where mm-hmm. I served, I did a lot of stuff here. And since um, since um, years, I just write. Um, I just do that. I, everything I do is around literature, um, yes. also for um, literary empowerment of African young um, young writers. So um, it's my whole life, mm-hmm. and I take all the consequences and all the flowers, <laughs> all the good things that come out. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's fabulous. And so, Max, you write in French, or at least this book in French. Maybe you write in other languages too. And and Roz, you're you're the translator who. who thankfully brought us this book in English. Um, so how did your collaboration come about? My um, collaboration with? Yeah, with, with Ross. Ross. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I had translated a short story by Max two or three years earlier for Words Without Borders. Okay. And um, Pete Ayrton, the publisher of Hope Road, I think had read that story and decided to investigate this writer and I'd worked with Pete for for many many years and he offered me this book so that's how I ended up being the translator of this book Um, and the collaboration was um, I knew that I needed to uh, seek Max out I needed to hear his voice I needed to ask him about certain things I mean I was out of my comfort zone I think it's fair to Mm. say I have traveled in Africa but not in Cameroon and there were a lot of things I needed to to check out with Max so I went to Switzerland to meet him Mm. Um, there's a wonderful translator's house in Lauren where I was able to to stay and Max came to meet me and it was it was absolutely wonderful two or three days where we were able to discuss aspects of the book Max explained a lot of things to me and I realized just how important it is to, to it, it's it's the sense of the rhythm of the language, hearing the author's voice 
you know, you're not just translating the words, mm. but you're trying to capture that author's voice. And now, whenever I'm translating Max, I can I can hear him. I can hear his laugh, <laughs> <laughs> the music of his language, and and we we brainstormed certain things. Max gave me a lot of. Um, a free reign on certain mm -hmm. things where a translation, a straight translation wouldn't work, where rhythm and music were much more important. And we played with language together and, and came up with things that I wouldn't have done on my own. Oh, that's just brilliant. That is so special that, you know, you are close enough that that, that was possible, you know, um, that's fabulous. So Max, you wrote the novel in I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, but come franglais. Can you just explain a little bit about what that is? And then, Roz, I would love for you to talk about what that was like for you. Um, there was something really important to say to people who, uh, who are going to watch us. Um, I'm francophone, French is my mother tongue. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm used to say uh, my mother tongue is French, but French from Cameroon. Uh, because as a Cameroonian, if I speak English, I hope I'm making it. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> um, uh, uh, also, because Cameroon is a bilingual country, uh, um, the Anglophone side of Cameroon now is facing a very difficult situation that is just on top bracket. Um, and as a good Cameroonian guy, yeah, I'm used to speak about the languages in my childhood. Um, and the Kampongle is in between the two languages. It's a kind of Cameroonian Creole uh, that, that was very used by youth people. But mm -hmm. as I used to say, um, you notice that a language is becoming um, a natural language of the country when, political, when politics start using it. Okay. Um, today, you will see people um, making their um, um, political campaign and the state the Cameroonais. Cameroonais is not just a mix of a French and an English, but it's also like uh, with some with some national languages like Basa, Sangdeti, Bamileke, and uh, also the meaning of some words um, like uh, you can say something in French. Like uh, you use the normal word in French, but it has a different meaning. Uh, okay. And uh, this for me also to work the, lang the language because uh, writing, I think is, everybody has done it. Uh, a lot of writers will use uh, French to say what, um, what I want to say today. And, uh, so for me, the new thing that I, I bring up is really the, the work of language. I consider myself like a, a somebody like a, somebody working with the American like poetry, and, and I try to make a buzz a base with um, mm -hmm. yeah, with this language. And so um, it's really. I was not thinking about the translators, but it's, <laughs> it's really a tough work for them. I'm realizing it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So what was that like for you, Roz, to, to sort through the language and then convey, you know, that mixture, that vase that Max is talking about? 
Well, I mean, that that's actually a very sort of political and ethical question mm-hmm. because um, I was very aware that Max was doing something that needed to be preserved. And the way he did it, and I think possibly because Max is writing in French but based in Europe, he's very aware of what a French-speaking reader but based in Europe can can cope with, if you like. So in a way, he included all the Camp Anglais language in a way that was sort of self-explanatory. So mm-hmm. even if you didn't know exactly what the word meant, you got it in the context. And I think he might have written it very differently if he was writing just for a Cameroonian audience. But I think that because it would have been, those words would have been as um, foreign to a French reader as to an English reader. I kept them and I kept Mm -hmm. them um, in, in a way that, I mean, for example, there's, there's a word that he uses um, in Camfranglais to mean prostitute. Now it comes in a whole list of words meaning prostitute. Um, so it's clear that this word means prostitute. And then when mm-hmm. it comes in afterwards, you know, you know what it is. Um, the publisher asked me to produce a glossary, which personally I didn't think was essential um, because readers aren't stupid. But um, so the glossary went at the back and it was there if people wanted it. Um, so in a way that was, wasn't as difficult mm. as I thought it would be simply because of the way Max incorporated those words in a way that you understood in the context anyway. Mm. Um, and I think it's enriching for readers to, to see these words, to learn these words, um, because anybody who reads a book that is set somewhere else is clearly a curious reader. Um, So I'm not in favour of pandering to readers or making things too easy for readers. Um, You know, the glossary's there if they want it, but I I think really um, it it was really important to keep those words in. And, and, you know, I learned what Camfranglais was. Um, (laughs) A little little introduction um, at the beginning to explain to readers what, what this language was. Um, and I think it's it's in, enormously enriching. Yeah, I agree. And I really appreciate that tidbit of how it read in the French for you, because that gives me a better sense of understanding that it was the same experience for me in the English. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I know a little bit of French. I'm from Canada, but I, I from a different part of Canada where, where I didn't um, learn French. Um, you know, fluently, but reading it, everything is perfectly self-explanatory within the text. Um, and and like Thank you, you, I don't I don't love glossaries <laughs> in books, <laughs> but I will admit nobody loves them. No, it's true, isn't it? But I will admit that I did look at it later just to see. Oh, what, is there additional information here? Uh-huh. What else can I glean? Um, yeah. And so I didn't need it, but I appreciated it. It's so. there if you if you want it. And I would like to add something else. And I think mm-hmm. this is something for for translators to think about. There are lots of writers writing in English in different Englishes who have many more foreign words 
than translated books. Juno Diaz, half of his books are in Spanish with absolutely yes. no explanation. There's whole dialogues in Spanish. There are Indian writers who have whole dialogues in some of the Indian languages without any explanation. Mm -hmm. And it's fine. It's kind of like walking through the street, hearing conversations coming out of windows. When we translate, both translators and publishers get really anxious about foreign words. Mm. And I think we need to keep those words in as much as possible. Oh, I agree with you so much, Roz. I think that is just so true. I just finished reading a book with one of my reading groups called um, Love After Love. And it's by Ingrid Persaud, who's a Trinidadian writer. And she mm. writes in Trini Creole. And everything is perfectly understandable, but it's beautiful because we can hear the rhythm yeah. and we can sense, like you say, it feels like we are there um, and there's nothing that takes away from the experience. It only adds to the experience, I think. I, 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 yeah. I just wanted to, to add something. Yeah. It's like, um, um, I think that um, um, the the Commonwealth has done a lot of uh, has made made a lot of efforts to accept that new use uh, a different use of English compared to the Francophonie. For mm. so the Francophonie, you know, French is France is a very centralized country, and so is all the institution uh, like at the Francophonie, but also they have uh, the Academy Française. So. If you don't use the standard language, standard French, they look at you like, oh, where, where do you come from? Okay, you're from Africa. And that's why I'm so happy for the new Bonfou, even though he uses really the yes. very standard language. But um, for the translation um, of my language, of that language that I use to write my text in, into English um, with a glossary, for me it was a little bit weird, but I just I understood it um, with my publishers were in French. We decided since my first novel not to make two to put any glossary because in the context in French, everybody will understand it. Although they said, hmm, it's really bizarre, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 I definitely understand. Most of all, you know, is the first translated book in English. So we're going to see how people are going to welcome it. And then maybe for the upcoming novels and the art novels coming in English, um, they yeah. translated by us. And yesterday we were still together. Yeah. <laughs> I think worse than that, we are like, um, yeah, we are like living in the same bedroom. Actually, not in the same house, the same bedroom. <laughs> 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 we know each other so well now. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, it, it just really, like, it is so special when an author and a translator are able to work closely like that, because you really, you get all of the book, you know, you get the voice behind the voice, which is fabulous. Yeah. And I just, I just wanted to add something else that mm -hmm. translating into English and being very aware of it being one of the big languages and a colonizing language. I think as a translator, you have to be very careful not to colonize the translation and not to make it sound like these people are sitting somewhere in North London um, yes. and, you know, to preserve the specificity 
of the, the country, the language, the culture. And it's it's a battle we often have with publishers mm-hmm. um, who, who tend to, not this particular publisher, I, I hasten to add, but some publishers want to flatten things, standardise things and, and presume to say, you know, well, the readers won't understand that. So it, it's something I think that translators need to be very conscious of and be prepared to fight their corner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You set a fabulous example and uh, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, as translators, we have a very important role to play in, um, in changing things that way. So. Anyway, she couldn't, she couldn't colonize it because I I always had a knife. Yeah, like, I, I was always like, mm-hmm. okay, and when we met up in Nolan, yeah, because you mentioned it, yes. day, um, I was just so happy to spend this time together with her, and uh, we, the, some, sometimes, you know, we were just reading the, the text aloud, and she wanted to, to understand or to listen to the noise of the voice, um, pronouncing those, those words, and uh, together, we were trying to, you know, to find something that could be, that could be exactly, to follow exactly the idea that I had uh, mm-hmm. writing the text in the original version in French. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Max, let's give the example that we talked about yesterday. You remember when you said, I earn a Zambe, and I made yeah. you say it, and I couldn't get it. Yeah, so in the text, a character says Zambe, as Max just said it, and I couldn't get what the feeling behind that was. And so Max explained to me that it was kind of a sigh of relief. And so we, uh, Nazambe is God. So we ended up with thank Nazambe or thanks be to Nazambe rather mm-hmm. than this sort of onomatopoeic sound that, that would have been clear to somebody reading it in Cameroon, but not either to a French or an English reader. So we had to right. get the feeling behind the words there. Mm. That's a fabulous example. Yeah, that's great. And I, you know, Ross- definitely with pen, with pen, like, um, I don't know, 10 minutes yesterday to try to, because it, it, it was just like, uh, yeah, you feel relieved, you feel like uh, the news that have just given to you, certain you you were like suspended waiting for something and in French in the, 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 the first version in French it's just like hey, Azambe, oh. I feel <laughs> just like uh, they took away a burden from my shoulder mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah I'm not getting the, 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 the translation in English <laughs> so I'm just going to discover <laughs> Yes, yes. And that's in the next book, the book that you're working on currently. Oh, that's fabulous. Well, I have to say that even in a long way from Duala, like part of what I loved about this book was, was that feel that vibrancy, there was so much color and noise and chaos and and it comes through in the scenes, of course, but also in the language. So, Roz, how did you experience that as a reader first and as a translator and conveying that? Um, well, although I hadn't been to Cameroon at that point, I had been to a number of African countries. So I could sort of recognize the bus stations, the noise, mm-hmm. the cries, the clamor. Um, 
um, you know, the smells, the food. And, and I mean, good writing draws on all the senses. Mm -hmm. So you need to smell and hear and see and taste things. So, so I was very conscious of that and, 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 and could see in my own mind these scenes and, and Max describes them so, so vividly. So, you know, you, you have to be able to visualise yourself, what it is you're describing. Mm -hmm. um, and then just towards the end of the translation, I actually went to Cameroon to Yaoundé. Oh. Um, by coincidence, I was um, working with a publisher there, Bakwa Books, and the University of Bristol, who had organised a translation training workshop. So I actually spent some hey. time on the ground. Fabulous. So uh, I was going to ask she's you. Waiting, she's waiting for her, for her Canadian pass. I don't know if they are going to deliver it to her. <laughs> 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 That's so great. I was going to ask you about the translation workshop because you mentioned it at the, at the end of the book in your acknowledgement portion, Roz, and you mentioned a chef and I was like, oh my gosh. So you got to taste and, and you know, all of that. Yeah, so one of the things I did at this workshop, although I was actually there as the instructor, I asked my students to critique my translation of Max's wow. book. And that was a humbling experience um, because they pulled it apart and rightly so. <laughs> it, was, it was a very um, useful experience for me to remind me of just how important knowledge on the ground is. Yeah. And in the book, there's a lot of food. And the students asked, we had a caterer who brought in our, our food every day. The students asked the caterer to cook the, the foods that were in the book. So I got to taste all the foods that Max described. <laughs> That is fabulous. You know, I have to say, Max, after reading this book, I did a Google search for Cameroonian restaurants in my city because <laughs> I'm desperate to try. <laughs> Definitely. I tend to give me like a kind of abo for the, the, the advertisement I made for Cameroonian food. <laughs> <laughs> you should, yes. Yeah. Oh, what a fabulous experience, Roz. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Max, we, you know, the heart of the book, though, is the topics, it's the themes, it's the stories that you mentioned at the beginning, you know, which is this notion of um, it's the protagonist's coming of age, his own journey, his, his family relationship. Um, but then there's the whole span of like you said the political and social context of of Cameroon and you know West and Central Africa um you put a lot in the book but never is it heavy there is enough information that we always that we get a really deep sense but we're never overwhelmed and there's this beautiful light tone to everything there's humor and life and light and can you just talk about that and and how you did that and why you did that um, um uh, before answering um to, to the question i i would like to mention something yeah you really um uh, you know essentially say uh it's hello uh, like I go to the bone and I really um, want the book to paint, not 
because I had passed it for long or can't vote no. Uh, it's just like I, uh, I would say uh, we should try to compare, to, to put it mm. all together um, in few words, um, using few words, and to make it quick and deep what we want to say instead of um, uh, explaining everything and to make something huge, a big book that somebody can read. You know, sometimes it happened to me as a moderator and journalist to, um, to prepare um, um, a moderation for in one night I have 500 pages and I read it like this and I understand everything in, in two hours, you know. Um, so my, my, the, the first idea, the first thing I wanted to talk um, about was the Boko Haram, because mm-hmm. um, at the beginning, I listened uh, to radio, international radio and newspapers talking about Boko Haram, acting also in, uh, in Cameroon, and I was like, oh my God, we thought at the beginning that it was just a Nigerian problem, you know, like yeah. a complete situation. Everybody was saying it's just a Chinese situation. We try always to put everything to other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when we noticed that, we were also affected by that. Um, I was so touched. I was just like, oh my God, what is happening to my home, uh, home country? And so I decided to go back there. And mm-hmm. I did that journey. Uh, okay. I traveled uh, from Douala to the twin departments of Cameroon in Marwa. And I used exactly the same, the same means, like uh, the train, the buses, everything. And actually, I was supposed also to make um, a reportage, um, a big reportage uh, mm-hmm. about, uh, the, about the Cameroon facing terrorism. Um, you can find it easily. Um, mm. On Google, you just put Max Lober, Cameroon, Terrorism, and uh, um, I did three big reportages uh, for Le Monde, you know. Um, so after the journey, I was like, okay, I have all this material, but um, a novel is not an article, a novel is not a reportage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I need to find um, a story, I need to find something. And uh, of course, for people who are discovering me, um, uh, I, I have some topics um, that my readers already know, like um, sex, of course, <laughs> <laughs> sex, uh, race, um, uh, LGBT, and religion. Um, also, because I was brought up into religion and evangelism and Pentecostal churches. Can somebody say amen? (laughs) (laughs) So I said, okay, um, I'm going to talk about my mother. You you understand me when I say I'm going to talk about my mother. Um, And I started, I, I let it. In my in my in my body, you know, you need to take some distance you know, to have also the nuance. And um, and I said, okay, I will start it like this with the birth of the father. And mm-hmm. actually, it's the first time I uh, I talk about the father in the book. And uh, because most of the time I talk about my mother, mm-hmm. and um, for the first time I talk about my father, it was about his death. Um, if you see, for example, I don't know if the 
board of a fifth chapter um, talking about the, the plural of the father, um, the way Jean uh, was tell as his father, uh, it's exactly what I had as experience at the funeral okay. of, my, um, of my father. So um, for me, it was really interesting to talk about the three main religions of Cameroon, meaning Christianism, um, Islam, and maybe the first one is football. <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> it's football. And let me tell you, Cameroon is organizing the uh, African Nation Cup um, next year, I think at the beginning of the, of the year. So it's it actually it's so nice um, between <laughs> uh, for, uh, for, for this book. Um, I, I think in Cameroon, you cannot be a Cameroonian without knowing football. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's like an obligation, even for me, you see me very womanish, and uh, I was a very bad football player. <laughs> I said, I want to talk about that. And for people who are going to read it, you will see, you will understand why we have that cover with a beautiful guy, big football, um, mm-hmm. ball, you know. Um, so yeah, um, uh, today Cameroon is setting a really, uh, every time I want to talk about Cameroon, I feel like, I feel tired, you know, mm. I tired. The last book I wrote, the last book I wrote, is French, I promise it's Alexandre, is talking about tyranny. Um, yeah, we've been living with that talent for half a century and for me it's just like enough is enough and I think today after COVID I want to do another literature I want to talk about my personal life about my intimacy mm. and, um, and to to give up a little bit of that country because I'm not discouraged I'm just tired tired yeah yeah yeah, and that's understandable. You know, we see this in your book, and it's like you said. You know, there's religion, but there's that that dark side of religion. So the extremism with you know Islam, so the Islamist extremists in Boko Haram, but also the mother who is taken in by you know corrupt, scammy churches and and we see the bribery and we see you know the the propaganda even Jean watches this beautiful documentary about his the northern part of the country um, and sees nothing of the reality underneath Um, there's a lot of places that are tiring that are you know going through similar things because these are big and heavy heavy issues yeah, but it's, you know, when you start talking about tyranny, my heart um, has a lot of things coming in. Um, the Cameroonian case is very specific because it's so long. It's, it's been lasting for 50 years. I, I mean, the... the the Fal Excellence, his Fal Excellency, has been, has, has been since 1982, but before he was Prime Minister, he was working on the presidency, so he, 
for his whole life, he has been the papa of Cameroon. Uh, um, and that was a young generation. You know, even my mom, they just know him. And me now, I come to something. And I'm, you can imagine, I, I'm living in Switzerland. I'm a Swiss guy too. Switzerland is one of the most toxic countries. Uh, in the in the world, and I'm discovering something else. And I'm like, it's not right what is happening over there. It's not right, not just about um, extremism with um, uh, Islam, um, Christianity, and uh, football, but also about LGBT people. Yes. Um, and it, it, all over the book, you will see the relationship between the two protagonists like um, Chang and Smoke, actually for me, it's the core, uh, the core characters of the book. Like, um, we don't know if Jean, uh, the narrator, is gay. Mm-hmm. Writing the book, I didn't know if he was or not. Mm-hmm. And I should mention also that it was the, the the Gay Book Prize in France in uh, 2018. Um, and I was very surprised to receive that, uh, that prize because I was like, I was not writing about a gay book. Um, <laughs> but a posteriori, I understood that definitely I was uh, because he's discovering yes. uh, his sexuality. For example, the bar. You know, when I was a teenage, um, as I, I, I went very fast in my studies, at the time in, in uh, let's say, in high school, for example, I was 15, 14, and I was with elders, elder people, and they were used to, they, they, they already bear, they already had a bear, and mm-hmm. they were used to tell me, even if you put um, um, a fertilizer on <laughs> your sink, you're not going. You're not going to have a a, a bell. Oh, today I have it in the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but this is a very, I think it's a, it's a pure characteristic of what masculinity might be. If you're a man and you're hairless, I don't know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, a child covering all that is covering how to dress up and what are your thoughts when you do that a lonely, lonely practice. And what is it like to be? Can we say, uh, can you help me? Can we say he's in love with? Simone, I don't know. I think mm. he looks up to him. It's just like it's an elder brother who is a brother from another mother. Um, I love him, I don't love him. I don't know. I don't know. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. I think all of those are are what make the book, you know, so universal. It is the universal human experience of growing up, coming of age, not understanding yourself or your feelings. He has a very complicated relationship with his mother. He loves his mother. He can't see her as a monster, but he recognizes 
you know, the relationship between his mother and his brother. It's, it's those things that even though this is set in Cameroon, which I have never been to, um, it's, it's just a story of people, of humans. And thank you so much. Thank you. That's, you know, that's what you, touched uh, me. I, I, I want to say now I'm, uh, I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> You're not old, Max. <laughs> I agree with you before we were going to work at this and laugh at this, but yeah, I'm getting older, older and uh, yeah, man. I'm almost at her. I'm almost retired. <laughs> but uh, you were talking about the universality of her literature. Yeah. Um, it, this is my fourth book, I don't know. But I mean, I had already uh, written about that topic of homosexuality of uh, and intimacy and the relationship with the mother. And with that whole, I wanted to go deep in the shape of um, what can be the relationship between um, a, a little boy and the mother being a Black African mother. And there was something really interesting for me. Um, if you see, um, for example, the Black African, the Black American mothers and their sons, it's almost the same thing. Like I was uh, reading Nia Taisu Coates uh, in French, his book, his essay is uh, Une Colère Noire. Um, I don't recall the name in English, uh, the title of the book in English, but uh, there was something he, he, he said in the book, it, it's like uh, the mom said to, to his son, if one day you die because you were knocked down by um, a car, then I will slap you until you wake up and tell me exactly what happened. And <laughs> it, it, it's, it's exactly the same word that my mom used to tell me. And it's exactly the way Sita uh, Bwanga, Sita Musima reacts with her, uh, her son, uh, Jean. So it's universal, yeah, but there's something specific to black people, I think so. Yes. You know, she says at one point as well, she cannot be wrong because a mother must be a god to her children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is a very different concept for me as a child too. Yeah. Definitely, and uh, now spending uh, almost half of my life in Switzerland, I can discover the positive and the negative aspect of that way of uh, educating um, children. I think, um, yeah, I don't even know what to say. Because I think I haven't yet finished to, to go in and again and again about what is happening in those relationships. Um, mm. In my blog, for example, um, let me make some uh, advertisement for myself, myslobe.com slash blog. I talk, for example, about the shame, the shame of the mother towards the 
in the in the church, and uh, she talked church was her family, and finally uh, she she discovered it was not that. And I think shame is something we don't mm-hmm. talk often about. And for me, it's my topic. I think mm-hmm. so because I I've been fighting against shame and shaming for my whole life, and I I just now I'm satisfied that I've been fighting against that for my whole life and today I'm just like I want to live I want to break free you know (laughs) I just want to yeah we just have one life and I've just spent two years of my life at home locked down Please, let me leave. Mm-hmm. Let me. And I'm going to go deep in that topic with the comments. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I can't wait to read everything else that you read, Max, and and that hopefully Roz, you will bring to us in English because uh, this was really a it was a joy to read. It was an experience to read. It was it was incredibly touching and. Um, and a book that will stay with me, you know, for a long time to come, especially after this conversation. So thank you both so much for, for sharing the behind the behind the cover, under the cover, deeper. It's, uh, it's really lovely to speak with you both. I, I just have one question for uh, yeah. When are you inviting me to, uh, to London to hug you? To <laughs> <laughs> Really a pleasure. So below the episode, all the links to the book to purchase it. Um, make sure, Max, you send me the links to your blog and everything else so I can include yeah. them because absolutely yeah. we want um we want viewers and listeners to to go out and experience your work as well and yours Roz for sure there's so much more um for us to explore in your work as well so well the next book is in the pipeline so beautiful well keep posted (laughs) 